Welcome to Press Pass with the Editor on the Circus Voices Network, brought to you by Circus Talk News. This is Kim Campbell, the editor of Circus Talk News. So if you're new to the show, this monthly news-based podcast will revolve around the circus and performing arts industry and provide front row access to what's happening around the performance world. Let's start with breaking news. As you may recall from earlier iterations of Press Pass with the Editor, Australia is still miles ahead of the rest of the world in opening up their performance venues and festivals. Last month's Adelaide Fringe went off without a hitch, except for an unfortunate incident involving a stolen and very expensive Big Bird costume and two repentant culprits dubbed the Big Bird Bandits. Now the Sydney Opera House is presenting an adaptation of The Little Prince combining elements of circus, dance, and acrobatics. In an article we shared on Circus Talk, Sydney Opera House Head of Contemporary Performance Ebony Bott says, The Little Prince is a timeless tale that continues to resonate with both children and adults, with its universal themes of loneliness, friendship, love, and loss. This unmissable production under the direction of Anne Tournay uses movement and innovative technology to relay the delicate and eloquent poetry of the original masterpiece to the delight of audiences big and small. This month, we also covered some news from Vietnam. The National Circus Talent Competition took place there on April 27th, and 29 acts all performed on stage. Although at first glance this seems like good news for Vietnam circus culture, in an article out that same week in VN Express by Mai Trang titled Crisis as Circuses Unable to Attract Young Performers, the deputy director of the theater says that he is concerned about the future of the art form, stating that he has not been able to recruit many circus acts in recent years from the Circus Arts and Variety Intermediate School where they normally get circus acts, stating, It's not that we lack talent, but the commercial pressure is real and impacts us both at organizational and individual levels. Only when our basic needs are met can our passion for the circus grow. He cites low incomes for the risk and the time it takes to train professional artists as the main impediment to recruiting new circus artists in Vietnam. Heading over to the UK, Chronicle Live recently reported some good news. Touring shows in the United Kingdom are opening up about 300 new jobs for circus artists. John Hayes, who's director of Three Circuses, says that some of the jobs will be permanent positions and that the circus performers are reuniting from around the world. Hayes says they're looking for singers, dancers, even acrobats, but the new posts also include box office in front of house staff, lighting and sound technicians, drivers, and tent technicians. But perhaps the most exciting news this past month in Circus was the article that published in the New York Times titled, Cirque du Soleil's Return Could Be Its Most Challenging Feat Yet. At a time when the pandemic is still raging and uncertainty remains about people's willingness to return to large theater venues, the attempted comeback by the former behemoth is a litmus test of sorts for the live entertainment industry. Can the badly battered Montreal-based circus, already struggling with creative exhaustion before the pandemic, rise again? Later in the article, Bolesky points out that without touring on the horizon, the circus also faces the logistical challenges of navigating different health and safety rules across the globe. It's going to take a long time for the Cirque to come back to what it was before the pandemic, if ever, said Mitch Garber, who stepped down last year as Cirque's chairman. But it's not all doom and gloom. The reporter was careful to touch on hopeful signs elsewhere in the performance world of places that live entertainment is picking up. In Rotterdam, for example, and the much-anticipated New York return of Broadway in September of 2021. And of course, Cirque's own plan to reopen Mystere and O shows in Las Vegas this summer to a large audience with modified seating and safety protocols. One interesting thing that the article also covered was how out-of-work circus artists from Cirque are choosing to remain relevant to the art form by creating their own works or adapting to take on other opportunities. 
And now for some circus talk news. Our associate editor, Madeline Hoke, has published her second article in her multimedia series called Circus Bodies. This article, Fat Circus Bodies, resonated with me on a personal level, and it also delved into a lot of the stigma fat circus artists face in order to even be given the opportunity to train, create, and perform. Fat Asian circus artist Michael J. Garner from Cirque du Soleil's Kuza lays it all out for us with his truthful insights. In my favorite quote of the article, Garner breaks it down, pointing out how white artists and thin artists may experience layers of privilege that can leave them insensitive to the struggle others undertake daily. Quote, It's often been said that fat is the last bastion of acceptable prejudice. People feel like, oh well, you could just do some more sit-ups and you'd be fine. And that's as insulting as saying, if you could just be less Asian, you'd be fine. You would not be subject to the violence that's occurring on a regular basis against people who look like you. End quote. I asked Madeline why exploring the variety of body types and identities in circus was important to her, and she replied, The Circus Body series is important to me because it's a platform to discuss one of the most vital and complex elements of circus, how performing bodies create cultural meaning. When we start to explore that, we get to the root of so many other facets of circus, virtuosity, representation, what it means to be, and who gets to be a circus artist. So far, the series has collected conversations with professionals from around the world, and generated incredibly important information for any evolving circus community. I'm excited for the upcoming articles and panel discussions about BIPOC circus bodies, disabled circus bodies, and circus bodies in extreme acts and sideshow. I agree, Madeline, and for that, I would like to say stay tuned, because the disabled circus bodies and BIPOC circus bodies articles are coming out soon. In other Circus Talk news, we offered our first pro talk called Circus Tech, Putting the Arts in Steam, hosted by Nadine Johnson with three guests, all who happen to have a juggling background, Craig Quatt, Greg Kennedy, and Nail Jamal. The topic went from how steam can augment circus education to how it can augment the performance experience. This is part of our pro talk coverage that's going on on Circus Talk throughout the rest of the year. The second pro talk was called Circus X YouTube, Creators Wanted, moderated by Veronica Blair, an artist, storyteller, and content creator who started a conversation about the importance of intentionally growing the digital body of circus work and discourse while creating a hardier, more recognizable sector as a result, and all using YouTube. Guests included YouTube creators from the international circus community, Eric Hernandez, Leah Taran-Jenner, Noelia Coba, and Ross Travis. In other circus talk news, Stacy Clark now has two 360-degree series episodes under her belt, coaching with Sarah Poole, and bouncing around with Zeb Hunter. Pro members, check it out on Circus Talk News. Stacy's next guest is Dustin Walston, an athlete and artist turned Cirque du Soleil tour coordinator. Now for events. The inaugural International Circus Awards are here, and if you had a show in 2020, it's time to apply starting June 1st. Here's a message from Aaron Marquis explaining the details, and be sure to check out Circus Talk's event listing about the awards to see all the categories and various timelines. And now from Aaron. The International Circus Awards are a new program by the Canterbury Circus and Immersive Arts Center based in Troy, New York, and the awards celebrate the extraordinary achievements within our global circus community by honoring the artists engaged in creating, performing, directing, and designing of circus shows. So we're looking at full-length circus shows, shows that are 40 minutes or more in length, 
it's open submission. So if a company or an artist has a show that they would like to submit, they can do so starting June 1st. We'll only be accepting up to 200 shows, but we'll keep the, the submission platform open until the end of June. And then July through August, we have over 30 voting members from around the world who are going to be adjudicating the work on, on three main criteria, really. So originality, impact, and excellence. And all of this is going to culminate in a wonderful ceremony that will happen digitally uh, October 2nd, 2021. So, you know, for more information, follow us online. Another big event that happened in late April was the launching of the American Circus Alliance, an organization made by and for the American Circus Artists and Company. The ACA held its first group Zoom brainstorm in May, where new members got the opportunity to hear of plans and join breakout rooms of committees they were interested in helping form. There were a bunch of committees, but an example from the ones that I recall is forming a U.S. Touring Network Committee, an Insurance Committee, and a Membership Committee. Popping over to Circus Talk events in June, I see all the bars Flying Trapeze Club is having a two-day intensive in Cheltenham, UK on June 24th and 25th. This is a live person event, as learning the flying trapeze online is not an option. Circus artist extraordinaire and Circus Talk contributor Leah Taran-Jenner has a new project called Leah's Late Night Circus Show. This free online show streams every Saturday night through July 31st. Based in Berlin, host Jenner features different weekly guests who perform and chat about what it means to be a circus artist. You should check it out. An online circus training company called Circuit Home is offering masterclasses and personal training. Hugo Lafale and Shelley Epstein are artists from Cirque du Soleil's Luzia who are offering bespoke at-home consultations and training sessions online. Visit Circus Talk's events page to sign up with either of them. Now for some industry insights. A hopeful circus industry trend right now is that circus festivals and art festivals are announcing their schedules, some of which are hybrids of digital and in-person, and some of which are full-on live events. It's an interesting phenomenon, the hybrid festival, because it offers the best of both worlds for organizers who get to take advantage of local funding to offer live in-person events, but who also get to expand the reach of the festival to the wider international performing arts community. Case in point, the Tilt Festival is one of those hybrid events, and they seem pretty excited about it, stating on their website, For the first time ever, Tilt is going hybrid with both an in-person and online program of masterclasses and shows, which means you can now join us from wherever you are in the world and experience world-class teaching from world-renowned teachers without having to travel. All the shows will be live-streamed with 360 filming, so if you can't come join us in person, then you really won't miss a thing. Our in-person festival will take place in Birmingham as usual with lots of COVID secure measures to keep you safe. The festival takes place July 12th to July 23rd and will feature aerial and physical theater masterclasses and seminars. Visit Circus Talk to register to attend. Underbelly is set to return to London in person from July 1st to September 26th. The festival will take place in Cavendish Square. Ed Bartland, co-director of Underbelly said, we're looking forward to collaborating with local stakeholders and businesses and playing our part in bringing central London roaring back to life this summer. Most importantly, we're also so pleased to be able to once again provide a platform and a home for so many brilliant artists, freelancers, and art sector workers who have been deprived of a stage and living for over a year. The festival is known for combining circus, cabaret, variety, and family entertainment. The 12th Montreal Cirque Festival will take place in hybrid edition this summer as well. The festival will have both digital productions and outdoor performances from July 8th to the 18th. Aerialists and acrobats will gather to provide live, family-friendly entertainment. 
Last of all, the Edinburgh Fringe, which takes place this year from August 6th to the 30th, is also squarely in the hybrid festival plan mode, staying open to the idea that in-person events will happen, but not at the full tilt they were two years ago, which is why Chief Executive of Ed Fringe Shona McCarthy says they are offering a Fringe Artist and Venue Recovery Fund. This £75,000 funding pot is available to Fringe companies, creatives, and venues to support projects that will enable a return to the Fringe in 2021 or 2022. The fund will prioritize projects that seek to improve opportunities for access on Fringe by underrepresented groups. You can find out more at edfringesmartygrants.com.au slash recoveryfund. Did you know Circus Talk is the source for international circus and street arts jobs? It's free to list your circus performing in admin jobs, open calls, auditions, and residencies on Circus Talk. So create your account today and start listing all the new performing arts openings and you will reach the right pool of talent. And now for some job listings. Creative Athletic Performance has posted a casting call for performers to join a touring tent show with Vernardo Circus in the USA. They're looking for circus performers with comedy experience and singing and dancing is a plus. The tour will be 45 weeks and 22 venues. Submission deadline is June 1st, so hop on over to apply. Sanka in Seattle, Washington, is looking for a social integration director. It's a full-time position. The social integration director is responsible for creating, implementing, and maintaining all programs related to social circus and helping to integrate them into Sanka's programming, which includes Everybody Circus, outreach programs, and all other programs and classes that serve students from a variety of backgrounds. The National School of Circus Arts at Rosny Soubois in France has a full-time position open for a circus technician with experience in light and tech. The prospective technician would manage the space and teaching equipment as well as the technical organization of spaces, classrooms, and equipment according to users' needs. What about residencies? The drill house doors are now open for COVID-19 safe artistic residencies of no minimum length of stay. The drill house, based in Great Yarmouth, UK, is a national center dedicated to the development of circus and outdoor arts run by Out There Arts. Applications are now open for artists that work in outdoor arts and circus, and those who work in other disciplines who are keen to work collaboratively with or extend their practice into these art forms. They are encouraging and welcoming submissions from people across all cultural and social backgrounds, and they actively seek applications from those currently underrepresented in the arts community, particularly people of color, people identifying as LGBTQ, deaf, and disabled people. To apply to any of these jobs, open calls, or residencies, visit us on circustalk.com and search under jobs. And now for our education segment with associate editor Lydia Nord. Welcome to this month's Education Spotlight. We're so excited for everyone who is graduating or has already graduated from Circus School this year. We're going to be featuring graduates on social media and also on Circus Talk News in a Meet the Graduates segment in June, so make sure you look out for that. Today, I have a special guest. I got the chance to ask Brees Laurent a couple questions about his circus experience and what his post-grad plans are. Brees is a San Diego Circus Center graduate who specializes in aerial straps. I'll let him handle the rest of his introduction. Hello, I'm Brees Laurent from San Diego, California in the United States. I specialize in aerial straps and I'm graduating from the San Diego Circus Center's pre-preparatory program. My circus school experience has been positive, very much due to the coaches that I've been able to work with while at the school. All of them have been extremely supportive of my development and have pushed me to places I wouldn't think possible. 
This program exposed me to a variety of disciplines, which has allowed me to make an informed decision on my specialty and also become a well-rounded artist. Through this exploration, I've learned to work with a group on disciplines, including theater board and work by myself. My favorite part of circus is training, because I find it's the time that I grow the most in both a physical and mental sense. Many of the skills that I've learned, such as commitment, collaboration, and willingness to learn, will transfer to any career path. To me, circus means joy and diligence. There's nothing quite like learning or finding a new movement or getting over a hurdle that has been in your way for a long time. But getting to these places require the background work and persistence. I've grown up at the San Diego Circus Center and have met so many wonderful people that have changed my life for the better. I'm sad to leave, but I'm sure that these bonds will last a lifetime. This fall, I'm going to start college at Harvard University, planning to study biology. Circus has made this possible because of the support I have from the people around me and the tools I've gained from the work I've put in. One day, I hope to perform in a show, but I don't know when this will happen. Thank you so much. Thanks again for working with us, Brice, and good luck in all of your future endeavors. That's it for this month's Education Spotlight. Make sure to stay tuned to Circus Talk News and our social media for more graduation features. It's time for our guest interview. In an effort to highlight circus graduates and emerging artists in the month of June as new artists are entering the workforce, we're featuring an experienced casting director. My guest this week is Francisco Cruz of The Seven Fingers. We sat down to talk about casting circus graduates, how to get prepared for auditions and open calls, and more. Francisco Cruz was born and raised in California, and he grew up working with the New Pickle Circus. He graduated from ENC, the National Circus School of Montreal, and then joined Les Septois, or The Seven Fingers, to perform in the original cast of the show Traces, and he toured internationally with them for over five years. He, he taught at Code Arts and then returned to the Seven Fingers again to be Associate Artistic Director and Casting Director. Hello. Welcome, Francisco. Did I get all that right? That was amazing. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. So, you know, I, oh my gosh, I feel like I could do a whole 45-minute interview just about your life. But before we go there, we're June, we're, we're focusing on graduates and emerging circus artists. And I really wanted to pick your brain about a lot of that stuff. So if you don't mind that we'll be tailoring the questions to that. So thinking about you, you've been that young new performer and you, but you already had like a lot of experience in front of an audience before you even went to ENC. So knowing that about yourself, what is something that you would tell all new grads about transitioning to the performance world from the academic world? Um, I think, I mean, I think it's really important at the, at the foundation of, a, of an artist and a, especially a circus artist is finding that comfort on stage. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, it just means time on stage. It means time with an audience. It means finding your rhythm, finding that interaction. Um, and I mean, my biggest advice, you know, and, and I actually did this myself, um, was I went out and found the audience and found those opportunities. So if it was creating it myself, it was jumping on a, a dance project, a theater project. You know, I did a whole summer of street performing um, just to develop myself as an artist. And like I said, have time on stage with people and audience looking at you and developing what is my, how do I breathe on stage? Um, because I think at the heart of it, it's, it's really that. It's finding your timing and finding how you breathe on stage. Um, and then all the other things sort of fall into place, the tricks, the numbers, the interaction with the other people on stage. 
Um, and so I think it's just find any and every opportunity to perform, whether, you know, obviously now with the pandemic, you know, stage time is a little bit more scarce, uh, but, you know, the audience is still there virtually. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of filming recently um, and a lot of artists are, you know, exploring the digital world um, with a camera because that's yeah. the audience right there. Uh, so again, stage time, performing time, just the clock in the hours. And that's my biggest advice for that transition and to get comfortable on stage. Very, very wise words. <laughs> well, as a casting professional, have you attended many circus graduation shows? Yeah, actually, fortunately, I, I've been noticing, you know, already I, I, I've watched four graduations uh, online. And huh. if they weren't pre-recorded, um, I watched them live. Um, and that's been amazing. I mean, I think a lot of the circus schools have really shifted and understood that the only way our students, our graduates are going to be seen um, is online and creating that opportunity for them. Because, you know, what a shame to have gone through, you know, three, four years of schooling to graduate without a show. So this is their way to sort of give them that opportunity. Um, and so it was amazing. It was great. I got to watch them and connect with them. And, you know, so they, they did a really good job. That's very cool. I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. And I'm, and I hope that other casting directors are doing the same thing. How do you learn about uh, new circus graduates? How does, is it just like word of mouth or is there an official pathway? I actually, I mean, if I'm completely honest, uh, before I was, you know, a, a casting director, I'm honestly just a huge fan of circus um, at the base of it. And I think that really, you know, that's a huge motivation for me to, to be a casting director because I'm actively searching out and seeking out circus artists and what who people are talking about, but also myself, like, you know, what kind of jugglers are out there right now? What kind of this? Because I, I truly am a fan um, of what circus artists do and what they're capable of. And so for me as a casting director, what I, you know, if I'm not seeing them live here in, you know, Montreal um, or when I'm touring, unfortunately we're not really touring anymore right now. Um, but I'm, um, I'm looking at them online. I'm looking at, you know, what kind of videos they're posting, what kind of photos they're posting, um, what kind of promos they're putting out there. Um, and if I like what I see, you know, I, re I reach out as a fan and I really like, I really cherish those moments of, of creating new relationships with up and coming circus artists um, because I know it's daunting. I was there, you know, <laughs> I know that it's difficult sometimes to make those connections when you're not in the same city or you're not in the same country um, or you're not able to get those opportunities to be in that big show that a lot of people are going to see. Um, and so for me, I love sort of finding those, you know, circus artists that aren't necessarily, um, touring with the big companies um, just to see what's happening right now today in circus in every discipline, you know? Yeah. Wow. It sounds like you have such a contemporary approach. I love that. <laughs> um, well, say there's a new circus graduate or an emerging artist who their dream is to work with the seven fingers. What, what would you recommend they do to find out how to eventually get a role with the company? Uh, a big thing I, I really tell you know, new circus artists is do your research. So, and identify also like, what is your goal um, in circus? What, what do you gravitate towards? So, you know, I often, because traditional circus still exists, um, corporate events is a whole world in itself. Um, the big touring shows, the contemporary shows, these are all avenues that any new circus artist can take. Um, 
but I think it's 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 really up to them to first identify which ones they sort of envision themselves in. Because sometimes, you know, I'll get artists approaching me and saying, I really want to work for the fingers. And then they show me their work and it's really not something that the fingers have, you know, ever produced or it's very different. And I suggest to them, I say, you know what, your style is very much more like this type of circus um, company or whatever. So I would suggest you go towards that avenue Um, Mm -hmm. because it's not just about working, but it's about, you know, finding a process that's very much going to be in tune with where you're trying to take your art. Um, so if you want to work for the fingers, you know, do your research, look at the shows that we've, you know, produced and toured and look at traces, look at, you know, reversible, look at passage and say, okay, what kind of artists are working for the seven fingers, you know, multidisciplined artists, um, artists that are, you know, pushing their, their disciplines in different ways. You know, for the first time we hired, um, an artist who does tight wire. We don't normally hire the, the big rigs. Uh, like mm-hmm. Tightwire, but we did because he really pushed himself in a contemporary approach with with more dance base in, in on the Tightwire, and we really were like, wow, we were really like uh, intrigued by that and wanted to explore that further with um, with that artist. And so I, I really suggest like look at the kind of shows we do, look at the kind of artists we're hiring, and then take the necessary steps to become that kind of artist. Mm. Um, and it's just about research. It's often about research yeah i get that that makes total sense yeah um so one last question so what advice do you have for newly graduated circus students or emerging artists who are looking to work under normal circumstances versus pandemic circumstances is there any difference in what you would advise um i think one of the biggest things i mean that uh, that has been difficult for a lot of circus artists during the pandemic is now you you no longer can really wait because the waiting is sort of indefinite and it's kind of you know a struggle to sort of say when are things going to pick back up and there's such a huge question mark with that and so i'd say my biggest advice for for circus artists today um, especially new ones is is you really have to create the work for yourself create you know Mm -hmm sort of set deadlines for yourself because there are no deadlines, you know, um, if mm-hmm. you want to make a new act, now's the time to make that act. Uh, if you were curious about, you know, social media and, you know, creating sort of, uh, a stage for yourself online, now's the time to start, you know, if I want to make one film per month or one film every other month, start doing that now, uh, start exploring the, the different ways of presenting your act and for people to see you. Um, because unfortunately, like I said before, the stage is, is difficult to come by right now for live performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you if you want to keep creating, you have to challenge yourself to present what you create in new and different ways. Um, and unfortunately, that's the situation we're in right now. But also, fortunately, there's a lot of artists that are discovering a whole new way of presenting, you know, what they love and what they do to a world that's still there. Like the audience is still there. Mm-hmm. We're all still yes. hungry for art. Um, and I just, I, I hope that more artists take advantage of the fact that, yes, the audience is still there and they're hungry and they're waiting for me to make something. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that challenge on and figure out a way to present what I do on it. You know what I'm doing every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so initiate 
initiate your own work for the time being. And exactly for the time being, yeah. and don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone in terms of you know working in, in, with, with different types of artists and different types of projects. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I saw a lot of circus artists sort of venturing into dance, venturing into performance art, uh, mm-hmm. venturing into wherever the opportunity lies. Um, and I think that's amazing. I think it's amazing for circus that we're able to do that and adapt to other mediums. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing for circus artists to come together and uh, regardless of of the pandemic, we're not going to stop creating because that's what we do. We yeah. create. You know, at the end of the day, that is going to be your most valuable tool is your ability to create nonstop. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Francisco, for talking course, to us. Yeah. I hope... I hope we're going to inspire some uh, some circus grads and emerging artists to keep at it. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Definitely. And like I said, I'm a fan. So any circus artists who are up and coming, like shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. And I'm happy to chat with circus artists all the time. That's so cool to hear. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Definitely. All right. Have a good one. That's all for today's Press Pass with the Editor, your front row access to what's happening in the performance world, and a monthly circus news podcast brought to you by Circus Voices and Circus Talk. All the circus news in your ear. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and consider taking a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, please, so we can reach more people interested in circus and the performing arts. Also, we'd love to hear from you directly. Send your podcast-worthy news to news at circustalk.com. 